Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hello listeners and welcome to episode 15 of the podcast. I'm joined by Brownie for this one and we've got a little interview with Matt, a Preston and Plymouth fan of all things. So yeah, let's get into it. Brownie, how are you mate? You good? Brilliant, yeah. Good. Just one good. day in work and then off on my jolly. So basically, crap. when you've got one day left, it's basically holiday time already in it. So Yeah, is that a beer that I've seen you just move past the camera? Exactly, yeah, i got a beer in my hand. <laughs> All good. <laughs> Complete Ready. opposite to how my night's been. What are you Walking drinking? around. It's a uh, Seven Brothers. Those of the beer connoisseurs out there. Oh, yeah. It's a Manchester brewery. Is it? Very nice. Is it the one that we got when we were out the other week? No, that was a, that was a Northern Monk, which is a Leeds brewery, that. Did we? I'm sure we got some. Seven brothers, did we not? Well, well, there's part a lot of that night. I don't remember. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, so, yeah we may have done. I don't know. Um, I have had seven brothers before, though. It was very good. Yeah, very they nice. Do a, is it a honeycomb pale ale that they do? Which is yeah, that's nice. Yeah, right up my street. But anyway, this isn't a from the beer podcast. Uh, yeah, Saturday, a win at home. First time in what four months, something like that. Um, yeah. Let's be brutally honest. Apart from that, what fifteen minute spell, it was pretty shite, wasn't it? Um, I, I don't. I think I've got to give him credit. Second half, I think once you go two one up, to hold him in there and get the win. Yeah, fair enough. But yeah, maybe I'm being a little bit harsh. First half was wank. Oh, first half was horrendous. I mean, I don't, I don't know what was going on, and I don't. <sighs> I don't know whether it is the, the, you know, Deepdale, the crowd or whatever, but they just look, they look devoid of ideas, but also petrified on the ball. They didn't really know, you know, as soon as one of them got it, they wanted to get rid of it. There was no real composure or plan. And as soon as someone got it, the back, the back, especially the centre backs, it just going straight back to the keeper. Yeah, um, I think, I think you could see to an extent, you could see the fear. Um, that it looks like they've got. I think it was summed up in that Ledson moment that led to the goal because yeah. he he received it and he just looked to want to get rid of it straight away, but he obviously took a, a poor touch and yeah. But I mean, that, that was the end of that. Ledson isn't that type of. I mean, we play him in that deep role, but he's just not that type of player. You know, if you're going to play that that type of role, you need someone who's got a bit more composure on the ball. It's inevitable stuff like that would happen with Leeds, in yeah. all fairness. Um, well, I guess when 
when you're so religiously stick to a system like Lowe does, yeah, and you've only really got one player that can play that role, then what do you do when they're not available? Yeah, yeah. I think, I think, it, yeah, it just summed up the, the first half, didn't it? Um, just, just really poor. And the goal itself was just pathetic on it <laughs> the way it went in it was just yeah. like oh god this is awful um and then after the goal after the goal we were awful like let's face it we were dreadful and it was no and uh, and i get i think lowe's come out and said oh well, he didn't understand the reaction because it was a p-roller it's like come on you know we didn't play well at all yeah and i guess we'll come on to this maybe in a little bit more detail later on and i i cover it a little bit with matt as well but it's that failure to take accountability again, isn't it? It was very, it was very, very strange. I mean, after the game, it was well at half time. It was odd because he was obviously trying to make a point by getting he got booed off. And I, I, I to some extent, I do sympathise in that. And I don't know what he means when he meant when he said around us. I can only presume he means what's going on around us, what around him. Around the dugout, around fans, around the dugout. I would assume, yeah, yeah. So, if people are being personal, then I do kind of understand where he's coming from, and there must be a bit of anger there. Um, But yeah, anyway, so he walked off the pitch and he made an effort to like (laughs) hurry the players up, and 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 nobody was reacting to him at all. It was like, it was like I was remember thinking like. It's like, like when you've got a teacher at school who nobody respects. Yeah, or <laughs> so you've just, got a supply teacher in for one day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just nobody was reacting to him, and I was just like, and the more he was doing it, the more I was like, oh, this is this is not looking. He good. kept waving his arm, didn't he? Like, yeah, trying to yeah, get him to like hurry off the pitch because he'd kind of walked to within like I don't know ten yards or so of the tunnel, and then he ran into the tunnel, stopped, and then started like gesticulating for the players to hurry up, and it's like. Well, you've just walked the majority of the way back. And now, like, have you just started getting shit and you're scared and that's why you've run in and you're trying to get the players in? It was just bizarre. But I think going back to what you touched on there about the abuse and stuff, yeah, if he's getting abuse and it's personal, I think he's every right to be sort of annoyed and maybe a little bit angry at that. But is that happening, really? And is it is it happening that often? Obviously, we don't know, and you know, we're not in a position to say that you should put up with it because no one should have to put up with it, really. But is there an argument to an extent that it comes with the job? It comes with the territory. Yeah, I mean, I especially it does. in. I mean, you, you, that's one thing that's always been there, hasn't it? You yeah, know, people talk about social media and stuff like that. To some, you know, probably, I don't know, you know. You, Maybe a little bit more uh, vicious these days. I don't know, but the, but the managers. Well, always I guess. Stick, I guess if they? you look back, it, it's 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 been there in some form or another, hasn't it? Because if you go back to like the seventies, the eighties, the nineties, even the noughties, it it was still there. You were just getting pelters off the terraces, probably more so than you do now. I do think though, when I remember when he joined, he was on Twitter, wasn't he? Um, and after about three weeks, he was off. And I suspect that was probably because of the absolute pelters he was getting off the Plymouth fans. 
Well, yeah, he, he made point of it, didn't he? He said it's not a very nice place, social media. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it does come with the territory. I mean, the home form hasn't been great. And we've talked about all these type of things before. And naturally, things do build up. You know, you reach a boiling point, don't you? Um, where, you know, he's going to get some grief. But I don't know how he... Nobody saw that coming, did they? In that, in that second half. I can't no. imagine... Anybody at half-time you spoke to saw that coming. I think as well, like, obviously we've touched on how shite the first half was. Mm. Wigan were shit. Wigan were absolutely shit. And we'd not even laid a glove on him. So you're thinking like, what no. does the second half hold? I mean, we had the cannon. The cannon had a shot, didn't he? Um, who, yeah. I, who I'm, I'm really impressed by cannon, to be fair. I think yeah, he's... Yeah, um, big time. Like I like a striker who's who's direct. There's nothing better than watching a striker bearing down on goal, which we rarely see, to be fair. Um and I quite like it when we're a bit more direct, so like the ball from Brown over the top for the second half. I like it yeah. when we play that way. Um and Cannon's got his fast his touch is his touch is all right. And what is what he, he's had? He's had quite a few chances in the last few games, and I think as long as a striker, it's an old cliche, but it's actually true. He's, as long as they're getting chances, it's you know it's going to come. You know, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, you know, we've had I think he has been. Don't get chances. I think he has been unfortunate, yeah. hasn't he? Um, not not to have got off the mark sooner. Um, but I think Lowe said, didn't he, last week? He was like once. Once Cannon gets one, he'll probably go on to get a few more. And like you just said, then he, you know, he's been getting chances. And as long as they continue now that he's got that duck off his back, uh, I dare say he will go on to get a few more. Um, I like between the now and the end of the season, well. yeah, like pure yeah. passion. The complete opposite to Emil. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do, I do still miss Emil though. Yeah, same. I was gonna say, like in terms of strikers. Emil's a little bit different, isn't he, in that he'll just create something out of nothing, generally because he'll just shoot from a weird angle. Yeah, uh, well, I think Emil useful with balls over the top as well, I suppose. Um, I think Ched, Ched's back in tomorrow, isn't he? Um, so, yeah, there's, Saturday, there's something different. Saturday was his last one, wasn't it? Yeah, because Parrot... Parrot is a lot, it's a weird one, Parrot, isn't he? Because he's a lot of a lot of running around, a lot of energy. But like not a lot goes on. It's really weird. I don't I don't he seems to be seems to buzz around a lot, doesn't he? Yeah, um, he, I do think he struggled a little bit on Saturday. I thought he had a few poor touches, a few misplaced passes, but I guess you could put that down to not a lot of game time recently. Yeah, yeah, obviously yeah, that's that's gonna play its part. Um, but yeah, well, we were about low, weren't we? Yeah, um, yeah. I was gonna like we've obviously we've touched on like the the abuse kind of comes with the territory. Well, not abuse, but getting stick from the fans. I don't think abuse is ever justified, really. But it feels a little bit like he's run out of people to point fingers at. You know, he's he's had he's had little digs at Mike Marsh, um, at some of the players at the medical staff and 
who who did we play the other week? And he he, he was again he was in the press and it was like making a song and a dance about how, how this he was getting this abhorrent abuse. It was like you're just deflecting from another shit performance and defeat at home again. I don't, I don't know. I don't know whether it's got to a point where it's almost no matter what he says, people seem to get upset by it. Because I mean, I'm not really one of them people who people like hone in on like the printed quotes, and a lot of the time, I always think, well, you've got to kind of listen to them in context. But a lot of what he, he does say is it does rub people the wrong way, or it's getting to that point, isn't it? So it's like, what does he actually say anymore? that's going to make people happy. I don't know. It's got yeah. to the point where it's like, what can he say? Can I, think he get... he, I think to an extent, he's shot himself in the foot with that. Because I think he'd if, if he'd have been a little bit more mellow earlier on, yeah, and yeah, maybe taken responsibility um, for the Luton game last season or the Norwich game this season, um, if if he'd have done that, I think maybe people might have had a little bit more time for him. But he just seems to be lacking humility. And also, like the way we played, we, we went a little bit more direct, didn't we, and a little bit more aggressive. But he he almost sees those traits as negative traits in a football team, which is very strange. Like it's all right to play that way you know it's not it really it's not the be all and end all especially practice. if it works and yeah, it gets exactly. you wins and and it gets the fans off your back like you know and also the, we don't we play that way anyway really it's just he kind of rephrases it in a weird different way to, to what yeah. it suits because he's still got it in his head that we play this really attractive football which we well, don't I was, I was gonna say i think this is the other thing that's probably rubbed a lot of people up the wrong way now is his insistence on talking about this attacking attractive brand of football that we play and probably now hundreds of people if not thousands feel like he's trying to take them for mugs because we're all seeing the same thing and he's the only person consistently coming out saying that he thinks that we've done really well in certain games and played really well and it's like but Ryan there was However many people on the game, the majority have probably come off and are all thinking or saying the same thing. And I guess the big one was earlier earlier in the week, uh, last week, sorry, um, when he, he kind of like a bit of a smarmy comment to whoever it was in the press. I think someone at Radio Lanks about, oh, when, when we score first, we don't lose. How's that for a stat for you? And it's like, <laughs> if you just... Have you just blocked the seven uh, Boxing Day out of your mind? Like, did you just forget that happened? But it's again, it's the way that he's come across while he's saying it to the reporter. Like, well, when we score first, we don't lose, and it's like, well, you look like a bit of a tit because we do. Yeah, I, I, he doesn't help himself, does he? He really doesn't. Help no, himself. he really doesn't. He really doesn't. I do, and the, the weird thing is, you know, we're talking last three games. You know, we've drawn two and won one. It's just very odd, isn't it? George put a tweet out the other day about how are people feeling, and I, I genuinely just we're twelfth in the league. We're Preston, 
we all know the budget's been cut. We all know the squad isn't great. Really, we should all be like, this is good. You know, what a great job he's doing. I just, at, at the very least, I it should can't... be it should be satisfactory, shouldn't it? Yeah, and I, I and I kind of question myself for sometimes thinking the way I do, or sometimes question it. You know, but I guess you could argue that we're all right. guilty of of being sort of swept up in the the summer and this whole we're we've got one goal, we're all working towards it. Um, I noticed a couple of weeks ago. Or maybe a couple of months ago, I can't remember, but I noticed that the they've stopped saying Premier League ambition now, haven't they? They've started referring to it as we've all got the same goal. We all know where we want to be. We all know where we want, where we want to get to. They and do that every year, Jake. They do I don't it know every if I'm year. just overthinking it, but so, summer will be back round. Season <laughs> tickets will need to be sold. And Everyone will be on the piss those, in Benidorm again. All that rhetoric will be resurface as it is every year yeah um but I, I don't even know if i'm like that i don't even know if that's what i've been swept up by i think just a little bit of honesty and realism from the manager and from the club as a whole would probably make people feel a little bit better you know for example like we were saying before about if we have to be a bit more direct well that's the way we're going to play you know what why pretend not you know people aren't stupid Fans, yeah. fans are watching the game. You know, if it works as well, do it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you know, it's, it really isn't a problem to say. You know what? I did. I, I have got this philosophy, this brand of football. However, I haven't got the players to do it, or there, there are certain ways that we play and that are working for us. That's fine. I, yeah, I don't it's think constant, there's anything wrong, is you know, there, with coming out and saying this is ideally how I'd want to play, but I don't have the players to play that way. However, we're going to find a way to play that suits these players and if that is playing like we did in the second half then fine own it be the bigger man to it to an extent and and admit that you were wrong in trying to play a certain way with players that can't play that way i remember ollie saying on a pod i think around the time low was appointed um i don't know if it was to you or jimmy or if you were both on that Teams like Preston North End cannot play a possession-based style of football with the players that we've got. But we don't even play that anymore. That's the thing. He just doesn't admit it. We we haven't played that way for a long time. No. We really haven't. And he he, he just... He just doesn't have it. It's just... It's so bizarre. The, the whole situation is just really bizarre because, like I say, you know, if you're 12th on the table... You should be looking at things and going, you know, not not saying we've got no hope, but you know, at one side fans are saying we've not got a great squad, but on the other side we're saying we're not happy that we're twelfth in the table. Well, those things don't marry up. So, yeah. so what 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 are we upset about? I don't know what it is. You know, is it is it low? Is it is it the club? Is it the whole situation? I think for me, it's, it's just everything. It's, yeah, exactly. That's what it is, isn't it? I think, I think, I think the anger and a lot of the anger which Lowe says he doesn't understand. I don't even think the main part of it is even directed at Lowe. I think it's just there's just an anger in the whole fan base about everything, and I think it's just as soon as we go one nil down, as soon as a one nil down at half time, that anger 
manifests itself. Yeah. And it's directed at low. It's directed at the players. It's 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 just that one big thing. I think I think you're right. I think it is an anger about everything that's going on. But I think because because he talks so much shit in the press, he's an easy target. You know, like Peter's stopped coming out with his regular lengthy statements, patronizing statements on the website. And I dare say if his private Twitter account was public and he tweeted a lot, it'd be more directed at him than it has been for the last however many years. He might disagree with the calls, texts and emails that he gets. But, you know, at the end of the day, Peter's not in the limelight like Ryan Lowe is. So I guess... It probably needs someone who's a little bit more... Like, Lowe... In one way, I think he's quite savvy in what he says, and then other ways, I'm like, "Come on, just rein it in a bit. Yeah. Know your audience, that type of thing." Yeah, which he doesn't really kind of get. It needs someone really to be able to deflect things a little bit better. Um, yeah, and and I think, I think once the Twitter mob have got their claws into you, which I think it seems to have happened over the last few weeks, it's hard to see a way back for him in it. Yeah, there's no, there's no going back, really, is there? Um, you know, Frankie, Frankie waged a war of words with the fans, and the football was piss. And look how that ended up. You know, you can't be coming out like he did, saying things like that one was for the true, honest Preston fans. I'll never forget that, by the way. Um, only because I'm convinced it was a dig at me after stuff that had gone on earlier in the week between him and I. But that's for another time. Um, you can't you can't say stuff like that, and it lows getting very close to sort of crossing that line, and and I don't think he has come out with something as damning as that, but he's 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 close to the line. Yeah, and and the thing is as well is like like I was saying before, all it takes is something like that's why I don't get carried away with like written quotes, but. The quote where he said, um, I don't want to say what I really want to say or something like that. As soon as that's written down, shops changed, screenshotted, manipulated how people want, whatever he meant by it. To be fair, I don't even think once that's written down, I think once that's come out of his mouth, once he's said that, you know that he's got other thoughts about the fans. That yeah, but is he, is he? Does he mean the people behind him in the dugout, or does he mean the whole fan base? I don't know. I, I, that's what I mean. I don't know what he actually means. But as soon as you see that written down, it gets shared all over. It just means he wants to slag off the fans, doesn't it? But he doesn't. Yeah, true. But he true. can't. And that that is where he's. I just don't see. For example, I mean, if we we could eat Coventry have won three games in a row. A decent team. We could easily lose tomorrow. And then what happens? Yeah. It's back to half time yesterday, isn't it? And and, and even worse. <laughs> yeah. So, I don't know. It's a tough one, isn't it? And then people that follow you and I on Twitter will know where we stand on the whole situation, but I do think that like we like we mentioned before, that our sort of Anger and frustration is at the bigger picture. 
um, just as much as it is at Ryan Lowe. Um, but let's let's talk about the second half. Obviously, much improved, and I think playing your two best midfielders in Daniel Johnson and Alan Brown, and arguably their best positions in this system. Um, it's no surprise that it gets the best out of them, and you know the two goals. All three, DJ Brownie and Tom Cannon were involved. Obviously, Tom scored the second one. Uh, and it was some nice little link up on the left between him and DJ to to win the penalty. And then, obviously, D- DJ took the ball off Parrot, didn't he? Which I think that got yeah. a little bit of a boo from the town end. But quickly forgot him when, uh, when he slots it in the back of the net. Yeah, when he's crouched down like that, you just think, there's no doubt in him, is there? He knows exactly what he's doing. I think he's only missed one that I remember. It was a Tuesday night game. I don't know if it was Reading away during COVID. Yeah, Reading away, and then. In fact, no, the keeper away. saved that a, one, didn't he? So Derby away he missed one at one point as well. Yeah, potentially. Um, um, but yeah, you 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 know we've all seen DJ over the last seven, eight, nine years, or however long it is that he's been here now, and. Once you see him on his haunches like that, you're 95% certain that there's only one outcome. And it begs the question, why has he not been playing? I do yeah. not understand it. Like You've got Woodburn, who's who's been playing over him, um, and, and DJ, he's just got that class about him, hasn't he? And I, you don't know whether it is linked to the contract or, or what. It's the so only thing been... that makes sense to me. Yeah, it's got to be, hasn't it? Because we're we're in, well, it's the last day of the month when this comes out, but we're pretty much in March now. And if I remember correctly, Lowe said that February, March is the time that he wants to then start reviewing again players that are out of contract. And, yeah, just everything screams, doesn't it, that he's not going to renew and that he'll be off. And... Do you know what? To some people, that'll be music to their ears, because um, there are, there are people out there that rightly or wrongly get worked up about the amount of money that a player is paid, and think that justifies or should automatically equal a certain amount of effort. I don't ever think that's the player's fault how much they're paid because they've been offered the contract by the club. If the club weren't in a position or didn't want to offer it them, then they wouldn't. I do think it is a bit strange though that we do have two players that are so far out, if rumours are to be believed, so far out what the rest of the squad are on. You know, I mean, what must Whiteman feel, for example? He must just be, he must be thinking, you know, surely I deserve a a contract in line with that. So I don't know whether there is that part of it as well. The club think that because obviously those two are so far away, we're not going to go up to their level we're obviously going to go back down again aren't we yeah it it feels like we are trying to bring everyone sort of back down a little bit um and that squad we had where everyone was tight everyone was on a similar amount of money yeah sinclair before before things got davis well before sinclair came i suppose but before everyone started wanting the bigger wages we were a real tight unit weren't we where you don't look at this group and look and think they're real, there's a real t- I don't know I don't, I don't see it in the same way as you know Brown, Pearson um, 
DJ Barky. Yeah. That group, Cunningham first time. It it's feels a real solid group of players, one it, who were all on the same similar wages and um on that upward upward trajectory where Yeah. All all sort of got a common goal, if you will. Um it does feel a little bit disjointed at the minute. Um but you know, well, you've got to play DJ. You've got to play him, haven't you? I mean, Brereton Diaz has already agreed to leave Blackburn. He's still playing. So, you know, you still still play your best players, don't you? Yeah, unless there's something else going on behind the scenes, which we don't know about, which if that is the case, then we'll, we'll likely never know about it. Um, Not until you get DJ on the pod in a few years' time. Well, yeah. If. <laughs> if. I'm, um, I'm still working on getting Barky on. I think he'd be a good guest, but... Oh, popcorn at the ready for that one, I think. Yeah. Although, um, Jaden Stockley, now that he's at Fleetwood, seems interested again. So, yeah, that could be a good one if it if he's as funny as I'm led to believe he is. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, you know, playing your two best midfielders and seeing the way that we perform. To be fair, I didn't think they were that bad in the first half, Brown and Deej. No, I think. They're a good, um, good options to have in midfield, aren't they? And they've obviously got a really close relationship, Brown and DJ, because they're always yeah. hugging, aren't they? <laughs> always hugging. Like you see it all, like even like the goal, they're always there. The, the two that are hugging, and afterwards, they're obviously got a real tight togetherness. Um, and yeah, after after the game was strange because obviously Glow had already walked down the tunnel and. The whole the players were doing the lap of honour, and there was a real togetherness between the players and the fans. But the manager was nowhere to be seen, which I thought was a bit odd. Yeah, I I didn't clock him at the end of the game, so I I hadn't noticed whether or not he was on the pitch. But yeah, there was there was some talk around me in the in the finish stand that the that second half performance was on the players. And, and not on the manager and obviously again we'll we'll never know if that is the case or not but um you know if it is the manager and like he's he's sort of said uh, i think it was in tom sandal's piece that he put out today that he tweaked the tactics a little bit if it is the case then credit where it's due and like we said 10 minutes ago why can't we play like that yeah more regularly if it means that we come away from this style of football that, that Lowe sort of pins his sides on. What well, one case I want to put forward is Bambo. I like I, I just Bambo at right centre back. We are gonna be a better team with him there over story. I don't get I don't get the hatred. Obviously he's not the most perfect player. Um and he's gonna be prone to making mistakes and be rash but I'd much rather have someone playing right centre-back who's aggressive on the front foot, can play a pass in between the lines, which Story oh, can't do. I was going to say, did he not have the highest passing accuracy of... The team. The team on Saturday. Um, he's got that pace, which we don't have anywhere in the squad, really. And he gets us further up the pitch because he can carry the ball up there. It's a complete no-brainer to blame there for me, and I don't, I don't understand why it's taken low so long. Given he's, that, obviously, bizarrely moved him out to right back against Norwich and then right wing back, 
which was just odd. But you got to remember as well with Bambo is he's played he's hardly played for so many years. Yeah. This season is the first game he even made the match day well the bench was the first of October. So he hadn't even had a proper preseason. Yeah. And I've seen I think people had he, say had he not so, been injured. I yeah, think. he'd been injured. Yeah. So and then I've heard people saying about his, um, obviously, Lindsay's having to communicate to him a lot. Well, it, a lot of it's to do with the fact that he's not got proper match day. You know, he's not been in a match day team starting. He started four games this season, so he's obviously not fully up to speed in that position. So you know, you got to cut the guy some slack a little bit. Yeah. And I think he's he's a good option to have on the cover for if Potts is pushed up or whoever the right wing back in future might be is pushed on because he, he has got pace and and if he has it if he is having to cover on uh, to provide cover he again no disrespect to Jordan's story but I'd much rather have Bambo there with the just. For the reasons that you've said, um, well, the way way he, like he, he, he swept in behind to um, block that chance. Yeah, I mean, you can't imagine Story doing that. Story kind of stays towards that right hand side. Do you think there's an argument to say that when Liam Lindsay's not available to play in the centre, that that's perhaps Jordan Story's best position? Well. Right centre back is not Story's best position, so that's you know more than happy to give him a go there. Um, you know he's good in the air. Um, he's not blessed with pace, is he? So you'd think if he's playing, if Lowe wants to build play through Hughes and Bambo, say, then you don't need Story to have pace. I suppose Lindsay's all right on the ball, and he? he he's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. obviously I'm talking if, if Lindsay's not available, like if instead of putting Greg there for for example, because um, he's he's another one. He's got absolutely he's got less pace than me. But Greg's good on the ball as well. I think he likes the centre centre back to still have to still be good on the ball. Yeah. So yeah. I think that's probably why Greg has played there. Bowers, obviously. I mean, I think Bower Bower will leave, won't he? In the summer, let's face it. If he's it. still here next season, I'd be very surprised. Yeah. So, although he's, he did come on, didn't he? He might, he might play a few more games. But yeah, story. I mean, look, I just, I just honestly cannot be more onside of Bambo playing there than I am. I don't, I don't. People seem to think because he's a bit clumsy. I don't know. I don't know what they see. Obviously, the Blackpool game was obviously the bad one, wasn't it? But he was play. He was shoved in the centre there where he shouldn't have been playing. Yeah, and it was off the um, bench as well. And I, I has, just much rather that. have someone on the front foot and be aggressive. That's I'd, and obviously that matches up on the other side with Hughes. I mean, Hughes isn't as aggressive, but he's he's a lot more on the front foot, which I think yeah. is what Lowe wants from his those centre backs. You know, I think the thing with Bambo, he has had a couple of absolute stinkers, hasn't he? And and I think that probably lives with people more than the games where he's done well. Um, you know, I'm thinking Bournemouth last season came in, we won, kept a clean sheet. He played well. Um, he played well quite. He played well towards the end of last season at centre centre back. Yeah, right there. But obviously, it's not a long term option for him there. 
But I just think this team needs way more pace and aggression in it. And I think I think Story's way too passive to play there. And in a one v one situation, if you get Story isolated out there, you're on to a winner. Yeah. So I think I think it's time for Bambo to get a few games in a row. No, we'll see I, what happens. I we'll agree. Well, we're we're as good as safe now, aren't we? We're not going down, um, and w- we've only just won a home game for the first time in four months. So can't really Bambo do much worse there. if 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 we give him a run of games. Um, Watch him yeah. have an absolute shocker tomorrow night. Oh yeah, get ripped apart by Giorgares or Giorgares, <laughs> however you say it. Someone will probably give me pelters for that. Yeah, I think we've, you know, there's obviously we've not we've not been putting pods out every week, and that's partly down to me and the stuff I've got going on at home. Um, but I don't think it needs a conversation every week because I think if we'd have done a pod last two weeks, it they would have just been the same conversation every week, and I don't think people need to hear it. You know, no. a lot of people are thinking the same thing. Um, a lot of people are on the same page, and it'd just be putting a pod out for putting a pod pod out's sake. Um, we've got coming up an interview uh, with Matt, the Preston and Plymouth fan, which some people might find interesting. Um, let me know your thoughts. But yeah, Brownie, we'll look ahead to Cov. What, what do you reckon? Um. Anything can happen. I don't. I don't even know anymore, mate. I don't, honestly don't. You don't. If you, home games. I mean, who's gonna? What team's gonna? What? How are we gonna play? What's gonna turn up? I don't know. Fuck no. Let's hope it's more. I'd like to see us start a game with a bit more intensity. Um, I was thinking about this right. Um, on Saturday, you know this bizarre warm up that we do. Where... We still do that one. Where yeah they did it on Saturday didn't they where they just they stand in shape and they pass it around unopposed oh, no defenders the Wesley warm up yeah yeah you you look at that and you've got maybe half of your starting eleven stood around not really doing much in the build up to the game so I was thinking do you think it maybe takes some of the players twenty thirty minutes to get into the game. By which point it's too late because your opponents have started. Maybe not better than us, but maybe started, you know, with a proper warm up under the belts. We don't need to try stuff like that, Jake. When you can drive a different way to the ground or have a different breakfast or whatever we were trying. <laughs> I'm What's assuming the point that's you a, try a different warm up. I'm assuming that's a quote from the manager. He was talking about. Um, what I think he was talking about how yeah how they get to the ground, what they <laughs> eat, what time they eat. You see, he said they've tried everything to oh, fix it. Fuck's sake! So maybe. the warm up might be next. Well, Although maybe I thought they got rid of the warm up. I was going to say maybe they've brought it back, yeah, and that's why. That's what it um, must be. Yeah, sorry, I've I've stopped reading uh, yeah. press interviews with him. I'm just yeah because he was making it out like. Because obviously the Luton game, he made it out as if we'd like broken the, the hoodoo. As if it was like really 
Oh, no, that, it was, was, it was, that what, was probably just him buzzing that he wasn't the first manager <laughs> and only manager in the club's 100-and-odd-year history to have lost six games on the bounce. <laughs> it was one step away from getting in some sort of exorcist. So. <laughs> it, it, was, it was getting but to didn't, that point. Um, didn't John Beck do that? Didn't John yeah, Beck get yeah, a, yeah, a witch but, in or something to yeah. like bless the pitch? Yeah, exactly. It, it was one step away from that. <laughs> So, so maybe the warm up's next. Maybe, or maybe it stays because I think I think you're right. I think they had got rid of it for a bit. Yeah. So maybe it stays now, but yeah. As far as Coventry goes, obviously this will be out on the day of the game. Uh, fuck knows. I haven't got a clue. Uh, I just know they're they're flying at the minute. Um, obviously they had a load of games, didn't they, in the bank from the stadium issues earlier on in the season. Um, I think they're up to 10th now, maybe 9th. Let me double check. Shit podcast host alert. Should know this already. Um, 11th. They are. Still can't get over Mel saying they were in relegation for five years. Oh, yeah. Because um, they're a lot better than that. Oh, Neil. I do wonder will we see Maguire? Probably not. No, probably not. Probably not. Um, obviously, they won the last game against Sunderland 2-1. And Shawnee didn't well, they, come on. Yeah, they, they've won three in a row. Um, yeah, 1-0 against Millwall, 1-0 one, one against Rotherham, and then obviously 2-1 against Sunderland. Sorry, 2-0 against Rotherham. Although, I know records are there to be broken. They've never won a league game at Deepdale. Oh shit, yeah. Because wasn't there a game? Didn't we play them at Deepdale under Frankie? And they should, or was it was it low last season? And they should have beaten us. Well, last season was the Frankie one where um, he came out after the press. Is it, oh yeah, we of course. One down, we're one nil down, and Reese scored in the second half, and we've got anyone else scored that night? Was it Whiteman? Yeah, I can't remember. Yeah, um, no that that was the game. That was the game when and um, Frankie came out. That but yeah, sick. they never want to get good honest of, Preston fans. Never won a league game. It did. That is that is amazing. That yeah, that is nuts. Well, long may it continue. We've just given Absolutely. it the kiss of death now. Yeah, I am actually up for it. I'm I'm actually I'm actually up for the game. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Looking forward to it. Um, what's your prediction? 1-1. One, one. I'll say 2-1 either way. Tight. But if we... There, let's not speculate. Yeah. Yeah, let's leave it at that. Yeah, now uh, there's an interview with Matt and myself. Uh, Matt is a Preston and Plymouth fan and... He explains why he is a Preston and a Plymouth fan, as random as it sounds. So, yeah, enjoy the next sort of 20, 30 minutes or so. Yeah, we'll be back shortly. Hey, Matt. How are you? Thanks for joining me. Um, it's been a while since you were last on here. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah no, it's, it's good to be back. No, yeah, thanks for coming on. Uh, a little bit last minute, I know, but it is what it is. We'll make it work. 
Um, yeah, for those that haven't heard you on here in the past, you're a North End fan, but also a Plymouth fan. Uh, do you want to just explain sort of how that happened? It's a bit of a weird one, isn't it? Yeah, it's well, a little bit random. <laughs> well, basically, I was born in Plymouth. Uh, dad's side of the family are all Plymouth fans. My mum's a Preston fan, so I've just always been brought up on both teams. So it's a bit of a weird one, but then moved up to Preston, so pretty much whenever I can get to either, I will. So it's, yes, yeah, it's, it's a bit strange, especially when they're both down in the dumps half the time, but I, I won't change it for the world. And, like, hundreds of miles apart as well. It's not like it's like... Why could it? So, I, I mean, me and my dad do loads of travelling with Argyle, so you end up in some some weird places around the country, but, like I said, wouldn't change it for the world. Fair enough. I'd rather you than me. Um, <laughs> let's go back to the start then, when Lowe was appointed at North End. Um, with what you'd seen of him at Plymouth, did you think at the time that it might be a good appointment? I thought he was going to absolutely fly at North End, to be honest. I was When it, when it happened, I was buzzing because... I thought I'm going to have both teams playing 3-5-2 that I support. Wing-backs flying forwards, going to be chances galore. Every week, whatever team I go and watch, there's going to be goals. And it's just not quite panned out like that. Yeah. But, it's, a, it's a shame how life works sometimes, isn't it? <laughs> it's, the, it's the complete opposite of what I thought was going to happen, to be honest. It, yeah, it's bizarre, in my opinion. But Have, have there been any sort of similarities with how Lowe has been at North End versus how he was at Plymouth um, or I guess like you've just touched on there it's sort of been the opposite of what you've expected there's, there's been some similarities you know the the formation I feel he does he tries to get us playing out from the back whenever he can but sometimes it's difficult with the, the players that he's got at his disposal like at the, the Luton game last week trying to watch Woodman and like Hughes played out from the back together was just painful. And then I go and watch Argyle in League in League One and they've got a clear identity. Everyone knows exactly what they're doing, passing out from the back spot on every time. And it's like the football I'm watching in Argyle at the moment is what I expected from low at North End. And it, it's just not happened. And I don't know whether it's that the way he wants us playing, he's not got the players capable of doing it or whether it, it's just, it's a bit of a mess at the moment, I think, at North End. And no one seems to really know what brand of football we're trying to play, even though Lowe promised us a clear identity and brand of football. Like, yeah, you, you, you've obviously you've touched on sort of identity and, and brand there. And he, he came in, didn't he? And it was this, like, I mean, compared to Frankie, um, I think anyone could have done a better job in terms of <laughs> doing a little bit more charismatic. Yeah. But... He came in sort of talking about this attacking brand and promising that uh, fans would be going home happy and all this sort of stuff. But it, it's just not happened. And I, like you just said, then you know, is it is it a case of he's not got the players at his disposal um, to do that at North End? But was there any of what's happened at North End that happened at Plymouth when he was there? where it was like failure to implement a style. And, you know, he's said, hasn't he, in the past about how he sees no reason why a Ryan Lowe side can't play like Manchester City, Liverpool or Barcelona, which, I mean, let's not go into that. But, um, yeah, was, has there been sort of any similarities in terms of like this promised brand that you, you saw 
under low at Plymouth versus what you've seen at North End? I think at Plymouth there was a season where the season after promotion we were shipping in goals in League One left, right and centre and defensively we were all over the place. But he said he wasn't going to change his style of football and at the end of the season he was like, uh, the, the defence I recruited was too young. I need more experience. He then went straight out, brought in experienced defenders. The next season, we went on some mad run of clean sheets, hardly conceded a goal. And everyone was hailing him as the tactical hero. And it was... He, he talked a big game, but he delivered half the time at Argyle. And when he, he admitted to his mistakes as well, that's another thing. He seems to blame everything at North End but himself. And I feel like more people... Are, would have sympathy for him if he just didn't come out in the presses and talk rubbish. Like it's it's almost like every morning on my Twitter group chat, there's someone's put in an article from Lanks Live, and it's like, oh, what has he said now? And it's it's like, how has no one had a word with him and said, just calm it down in the presses because you everything you say is just getting grilled. And to be honest, most of the time, rightly so. Yeah, George will be happy to hear that you're sharing his uh, his his work in uh, your group chats. But, um, obviously, Lowe's left Plymouth, and you've got Schumacher, and there was talk, wasn't there, at the time when Lowe was appointed that um, we'd missed the trick and and all this sort of stuff. Do you think now, with how things have panned out, do you think maybe there was sort of an element? to the fact that maybe Schumacher was the brains behind the operation when Lowe was down there as well? Or do you think it was maybe just the fact that they both just worked well together and it, it's maybe not as easy as saying one was the, like the, the leader, so to speak, compared to the other? I think they, they clearly worked well together. Like They had two promotions in three seasons together. Uh I think at the time there were Argyle fans saying, oh, I've heard from so-and-so that Shuey's the brains. And I was just thinking it, it's so easy to say that now that Lowe's gone and we, we're stuck with Shuey. But when you look at it now, Argyle's owner got Shuey appointed before Lowe even got announced at North End. Like the, the higher-ups at Argyle were very quick to be confident in that Shuey was good enough to take over from Lowe. And I think when you look at it on paper now, Shuey's doing an absolutely unreal job at Argyle. You know, a mid-table budget, got second in League One, playing some serious, serious football. And I think managers of bigger clubs will be taking note of what he's doing. And I just think that looking at it now, I remember I remember Lowe talked about him and Shuey that night when he left. They had a really heated argument. And I'd love to be a fly on the wall to hear what was being said in that conversation because I think Lowe must have known that Shuey was a big part of his success as a manager. And I think that's showing at the moment. Yeah, I was going to say, I think that that's probably uh, proving to be one of his weaknesses. Um, one thing that was sort of mentioned a couple of weeks ago by one of the lads in the um, group chat was Lowe's last 17 games in charge at Plymouth, of his last full season in charge at Plymouth. And that was two draws. You probably don't want to remind them of this, but two draws, three wins and 12 defeats. Five of those defeats were on the bounds. Is that something that, given what's going on at North End now, sort of indicates that once 
once Ryan Lowside is on the slide, he finds it hard to turn it around, or was there some kind of other circumstance going on at Plymouth at the time that maybe North End fans or people from the outside looking in might not be aware of? I'd say with, with that run, it was it was an awful run. I mean, we're losing at home six 0 to Charlton at, at times in it, so it, it was grim, and that was to Stockley half the time, I think. But um, with that run, it was in COVID. There was no crowds. We were we were mid table, not really going anywhere. So, I mean, you could you could argue that there's comparisons to be made there. Mid table can't go down, can't go up. So, I mean, in theory, yes, it could happen again. But I'd like to think it was just a team that he knew he had to improve in the summer and wasn't going anywhere. And he admitted that the defence was just, he, the recruitment with the defence is not good enough. And that's why we shipped in a load of goals. And then he, he got it right in the summer. But then he's had his chances in, in the last few windows to make the changes that he's, that, been clear to see that we need and he's just not made them. The, the whole right wing back thing is just ridiculous. It, yeah. It, it angers me how annoying it is. Yeah, it's a bit of a wind-up, in it, really, when we're at this point. But I think one thing that sticks to me is Craig Hemmings, I don't know if you remember it, he, he put something out saying, like, a big like statement or something on the website and in that he said that the, the manager needs two or three windows or three or four windows fairly certain it was two or three but if I'm wrong I'm sure someone will probably tell me on Twitter three, yeah. and he's had that now um, you know we've got well, I, I don't want to say this because I, I will get pelters for it but probably one of the worst defences in terms of individuals that we've had at the club for years. You know, we, we replaced Greg Cunningham with an older, sort of more weathered Greg Cunningham. And to be fair to him recently, he's done all right. Yeah. Um, Liam Lindsay, who got a new contract, deservedly so, but I think the shape and the way that Lowe sells up protected players like Lindsay and Story. Um I think the only one who's been consistent is Andrew Hughes. Um, you know, I really don't mind him at all. I, in fact, I think he's probably the best one that we've got at the moment. Then you've got Alvaro, left wing back. Good player, very good player, but um, maybe not so much recently, but has shown probably why he's on loan in, in the Championship. Um, you know, he's quite naive defensively sometimes. And then you've got, you know, a touch on the right wing back stuff. You've got Potsy. Uh, yeah, I, I like Potts. He works his nuts off, but no, it's not his fault that he's been played in pretty much every position while he's been a North End apart from centre back and goalkeeper. Yeah. Um, I think defensively it's been I don't I don't think it's been that bad. It's just the way that Low gets us playing when when Woodman gets it, he tries to play out from the back. The the defense just aren't like Hughes, Lindsay, and Story is not a back three that's designed to play out from the back. They're all fairly big units. It it's hard to explain, but that you just watch them and they're not comfortable playing out from the back. It's quite clear, and they they don't know what, when they get the ball off each other. They don't know where to go with it, and that's where the lack of brand and identity comes into it players who don't know what they're doing and can't do what Lowe wants them to do, I, I think. Do you, do you think 
there's an argument to say that he's been too stubborn. You know, when he's been saying, like, we'll play my way or no way. And it's quite clear to see that we don't have the players to play his way. Um, I remember Ollie saying when he was first appointed, I don't know if he said it on the podcast or if he said it to me, but I remember him saying that a club like Preston North End can't play a possession-based style with the players that we've got. And I think that's proven to be the case. Barring against a few poor teams who are happy to sit back and let you have the ball. You know, I don't think there's been any games where we've gone out and dominated possession against a team of equal or greater um, ability than us. No. You know, you look at our away run and that's mainly come from the fact that we'll sit back, we'll be compact, we'll hit on the break. And obviously that all indicates that you're playing without the ball. Um so, yeah, it's a tough one. I think on, on the recruitment front, can't blame Lowe too much because I think it is just a failure of the club. Um, you know, you can't be the chairman coming out saying the manager needs two or three windows to get the squad that he wants and then he's quite clearly still not got the squad that he wants because they can't play the way the manager wants. Exactly. The, where I lose sympathy for him, though, is I know that he doesn't have the backing from, like, Craig Kevins with, transfers and that's fine but don't come out saying you want this and you want that at the start of the window and then at the end of the window and you've not signed anyone say oh, I'm I'm perfectly happy with what I've got yeah because he's just contradicting himself and that, that's where it gets really irritating yeah he just doesn't help himself I mean anyone listening will, will know if they follow me on Twitter that is will know where I stand and I'm, I'm ready for a change I think it's time to go don't think you can keep coming for the fans and keep talking about producing an attacking brand of football, not producing it, and then continue coming for the fans that are complaining about not seeing this brand of football that you've promised. Uh, it only ends one way. And I, I do think the two home derbies will be key for him. Um, you know, we're, we're comfortably surviving this season. Well, maybe not comfortably. You know, let's see how the last few games go. But we are more than likely going to stay up. Oh uh, yeah. And are Preston North End really gonna sack a manager? When... I don't think we will. Uh, and I, I probably wouldn't at the moment, but I think he's he's got to the end of the season to show some kind of change in the way that we play, whether it's playing in a way that suits the players he's got at his disposal or just a bit a bit more strategy just with, with everything. Like it, it feels like he makes changes at weird times, often when it's too late and the game's gone. He makes defensive changes when we should be going for it. It's just something that will get fans thinking he actually he actually knows what he's doing. Because at the moment, I think half the town end every week think he's absolutely clueless. And at the moment, it looks it looks like that half the town. It's, it's really half the town end, I think half the ground. <laughs> There's a good gaffer in there, though. He's all right, but it's just not working at the moment. And whether it won't work and it'll be potted in the summer. I think the biggest, like you touched on it before, and we said it before on the podcast, is his biggest downfall is his comments in the press. He just yeah. does himself no favours. You know, like, he, he just talks shit, let's be honest. <laughs> yeah, he does. He talks shit. You know, he's come out after the game at the weekend and said that um, 
fans were getting agging and giving them grief because of a P-roll or goal. And it's like, no, Ryan, you just don't get it, do you? Like, we've not seen a home win for four months. We're nil-nil at half-time against bottom of the league. No shots on target. Uh, not nil-nil, sorry. One-nil. <laughs> I wish it was nil-nil. Um, and you think people are, are booing and jeering because of a P-roller, quote-unquote. Um, like, he just doesn't get it. You know, there's been loads of times where you just think if you come out with a a bit of sort of like responsibility, just took responsibility, looting away, yeah. got beat 4 0. He's coming out saying, uh, We'll refund the fans to the point where Peter's that pissed off. He's releasing a statement saying, This is a one off. Um, Norwich at home this season, I don't know if you saw that 4 0. And we were 3 0 down within like 30 minutes. And he's come out after the game saying that the tactics and the shape weren't. The, the reason that we were so bad and it's like well clearly they were you played Bambo Diaby a right back he's never a right back in a month of Sundays um, yeah and then he's thrown like he's thrown Mike Marsh under the bus he's thrown his medical staff under the bus um, it, it, it's all just very odd behaviour it's, it's everything but him yeah, and I know you touched on it before that he wasn't that bad at Plymouth, but was there ever anything like that at Plymouth where he failed to take responsibility? Not particularly, no. And it, he talked the talk a lot and he came out with statements like, oh, we're going to do this, we're going to do that, we're going to get Home Park full and it's going to be rocking. I think there's some clip on Skybet where he, he does like a team talk and it's like everyone's saying, oh, what a gaffer he is because it's a proper motivational speech but he delivered on most things that he said at Argyle and in that sense maybe got away with it not, not got away with it but he came through with what he said but he's been giving it the big end at North End and he's not really done delivered with anything that he said at all and then it makes you look stupid Yeah well I mean since the World Cup break um, when we returned obviously we beat Rovers 4-1 we played 12 games 1-4 drawn 2 and lost 6 12 points from a possible 36. Um, granted, it's better than the run that he had at Plymouth when it was the last 17 games. But, um, yeah, it's it's a tough one. Like, I don't think he's in a position to be coming out and criticising the fans for getting on their backs. Because um, he, he's taught the talk and he's so far, he's not even stepped foot to try and walk the walk. Yeah. The, the issue is as well when it's when it's the home form that's suffering. Like you can be magic away from home, but if only seven hundred are seeing that decent away form, and you've got fourteen k at home, seeing week in week out, just defeat after defeat, it's it's not a good look from a fan perspective. No, and no, definitely not. To be honest, that that Blackburn game, I thought we were unbelievable, and I thought that was like the big turning point for the season sitting seventh in the league, having just battered Rovers 4-1. And since then, it's just been nothing like that. I've not seen that performance or even anything close to that performance since it. Yeah, I do think Rovers were piss poor that day as well. Um, But yeah, I I, I agree. I think at the time, thinking like we're in touching distance of the playoffs and we've just put in that performance against Rovers. Uh, as shit as they were like this must be the turning point and then from that it's been 
fans. Yeah. <laughs> um, like, at the end of that Rovers game where he was like, he brought the kids off the bench and he yeah, was saying, yeah. oh, this, this, this is the new Preston North End. And we've not seen him since. <laughs> and he, he was giving it the big one about that and sort of taking credit for bringing these youngsters on. He only had them on the bench, because, not because they were good enough in his eyes, but because he had no one else fit. Yeah, so it's, yeah. it's just like that that irritates me. It's like, don't don't try and take credit for it. So was there, was there not really any of that kind of behaviour when he was at Plymouth then? No, nothing like it. It's it, weird, it, isn't it? it? It's like, I think, potentially this the whole pressure from... He's never really had fans against him. At Argyle, it was the, the low love train. Everyone was all for it, loving the different style of football because we'd had Derek Adams before him and he was boring as anything. So having this like young manager came out and was interesting to listen to in interviews, it just got everyone on board. And this is yeah. the first time probably in his managerial career that he's got a set of fans who at the moment, half of them want him gone. Yeah, And he's probably never had this, he's never had to deal with this before. And at the moment, I think he's dealing with it probably quite poorly. So, Yeah, I think that's being polite. Um, yeah. Yeah, what are your expectations then for the rest of the season. I mean, I think the one thing that I'd like to see is just the manager be a little bit more honest. I'd say honesty, taking responsibility for mistakes or poor performances and saying that we weren't good enough and I I potentially could have done this. Like, Plymouth lost to Chef Wednesday. I was there that day and it was our first defeat in months and Shuey said, I got the team selection wrong. Straight away, held his hands up. Yeah, it was then, a couple of weeks ago that one, eh? Yeah, I remember seeing something on Twitter, someone saying, like, look at Schumacher coming out, they've lost the first game in however long, and he's immediately, like, hands up, like, yeah, sorry, that's on me. Yeah. Then next week went and won 4-2 and it was all forgotten about. So it's just, it's that owning it and taking responsibility because it's just going to get more fans on his back if he keeps dodging bullets, really. That yeah. They're self-inflicted bullets because I, feel, I do genuinely feel a lot of people would have a lot more time for it. Because you look at the league position at the moment, it's not the end of the world on our budget on paper, but the, the style of play is just awful. It's the style of play, and it was the message from the manager, mainly the manager, but a little bit from the club, I think, as well. I think they're all sort of culpable for it. But in the summer, it was all like, yeah, we're going to push for the top six. Um, you know, we've got Premier League ambitions. And everyone kind of gets sucked in a little bit again in the summer. And uh, I think... Obviously, the club and the manager aren't going to come out and be like, now nah, we want to finish mid-table. But yeah. rain expectations in a little bit. Don't sort of build everyone up and then like, just miserably fail to even remotely try and deliver on what you've what you've said. Um, yeah. So, so what, last last one. I, I, something that I've sort of noticed is we've we've shipped a lot of goals. Under low in the odd game, like under Alex Neal, people might be like, oh, "Fucking hell, here we go." He's mentioning Alex Neal, but I don't think we ever lost by more than three goals under Neal. Whereas under low, we've shipped like four, quite a few times: four 0 at home against Norwich, four 0 away against Luton. Mm. Uh, Blackpool beat us. What three one was it? Um, three two. Yeah. I oh, know. Was it four two? Oh, it was four. Yeah, they got because we pulled one back, didn't we? Right. Yeah, pulled four game. two. Yeah. Blackburn at home last season was four one. Yeah. Um. 
Was there anything ever anything like that at Plymouth where sort of like just seen things just seem to go to shit or was it maybe yeah, yeah. that run where you had the the young the young defenders that he, he sort of pointed out? Well, we, we had quite a few under low where we lose by a fair few. Like it wasn't it wasn't a close margin, and even now with Schumacher, we've lost. I think we've lost about five times this season, and three of the five defeats we've conceded five goals in, which is crazy when you think about it. So I think there's that element with the way that they both set up. They set up to score goals, also concede. And that's all right if you're doing what Schumacher's doing at the moment and winning more often than not. But when we're not scoring and then still getting battered, it's it's not a great look. And it's a bit worrying the, the manner in which we're losing certain games. Yeah, definitely. That game was really worrying because they weren't even I didn't personally think they were that great which game? the Norwich home game yeah I, I thought I they, were, they were good to be fair but we, we offered nothing it, this is going to sound really potentially controversial but that Spurs game I went home so frustrated because they, if we were ever going to have a go at a top six team that Spurs team were there for the taking yeah they were so average and it was just like you just wanted to see North End have a go at them. Yeah. I if we'd have if we'd have piled on pressure for half an hour, we could have got a result there. And I feel like a Schumacher Argyle, like we went to Chelsea last season, we drew one one, missed the pen in extra time to draw two two and go to pens. Um we had a real go and for large parts of the game we had the better chances. And I just feel like a low team at Argyle would have done that, but Low at North End, it's like he... I feel like I've gone off in my head trying to word this now. <laughs> no, to be fair, I think a lot of people felt the same. I think, no, you're not. It's a game, it's almost like a free hit, isn't it? You're not expected to win. Um, so why not go out? <laughs> okay. um, I think the other thing that really annoyed me about that was he was like, he was obviously doing all the interviews like before the game and yeah, we play a really nice attacking brand of football here at North End, and it's like, fuck it. No, we don't, Ryan. Shut up. And this is why I've I've come to the conclusion now that he is just about himself. His only priority now is about himself and making himself look as good as possible in the media so he can keep up his media work should he lose his job at North End and potentially get a semi-decent job in future. Because um, I just don't. Only he must just be the only person that believes what he's saying. Because no one else does. Because it's just non-existent. Yeah, it's, it was like that Spurs game. He had a, a bloke from the Mirror. Was it following him round all week? Oh, it? the Telegraph. Yeah, I did. I didn't read it, but I read the end where Low had said to like the players, "Are oh, well, you'll go home tonight with a few extra Instagram followers." I was like, Fuck it, we've just lost 3-0 against the bang average Spurs side and could have had a real chance for a massive cup upset but uh, they got a few, got more, a few, got a few more Instagram followers it's like um, on Tommy Fury's not Tommy Fury on Jake Paul's list of achievements before the fight with Tommy Fury last night it's like 21 and a half million Instagram followers great are you going to help him in the fight no yeah um, yeah Matt thank you very much Really appreciate your time. Um, and yeah, fingers crossed.
for some kind of improvement between now and the end of the season. I'm not sure what. Well, I guess you'll be happy either way because looks like Plymouth are going on. I'm I'm not sure about that yet, but I th- I'm I'm not even sure I'll get to another North End game of the season because. I'm looking at the fixtures and I want to get to pretty much every single Plymouth game. So I don't blame you. Yeah, I think I'm just going to enjoy the season at the moment whilst I can and yeah. enjoy one of my teams being all right for, for now anyway. Make the most of it, mate. Make the most of it. Thank you very much for your time. Much appreciated. No worries, mate. Cheers. Yeah, that was Matt, the Preston and Plymouth fan. Uh, I'm intrigued to know what, what you think. Um, obviously, a lot about low. But yeah, tweet us. Comment on Facebook, let us know what you think. And Brownie, unless you have anything else to say, I think we can call that a pod. No, that's it, mate. Grand, yeah, hopefully another three points tonight. Well, tomorrow night, tonight if you're listening on Tuesday. Um, Yeah, and we've got a home win under our belts as well. Not quite the performance to go with it for the most part, especially the first half, but... A win's a win. Um, Yeah, Brownie, a pleasure as always, mate. Thank you very much. And enjoy your trip away. Cheers, mate. I plan to. (laughs) Getting very drunk and doing a lot of sightseeing, I'm guessing. Everything. 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 I get paid tomorrow and I'm pretty sure all of it's going to be gone by (laughs) 10 o'clock. You get back. Yeah. So it's going to be a busy, busy few days. Uh, Enjoy, mate. I've no doubt I'll speak in the next few days, but yeah, cheers, pal. Yep, cheers, mate. See you in a bit. Hi, I'm Reese, and this is our song, Wise Man. <laughs>